Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, it's Kim Commando today, your daily podcast to keep you up to date with all things digital and beyond. And I'd love to have you be a part of our podcast. You can make an appointment to speak with me. Just head over to commando.com, and on the top right, there's a button that says email camp. I always like to begin with something interesting. And let me tell you, there has just been a ton of layoffs in the tech industry in the last month or so. Listen to these numbers. Yahoo is laying off 1,600. eBay, 500. Zoom, 1,300. Dell, 6,650. PayPal, 2,000. Now, again, this is just since January 1st. IBM, 3,900. Groupon, 500. Is Groupon even still a thing? I don't know. Uh, Microsoft, 10,000. Google, 12,000. Amazon, 18,000. Okay, you get the drift. Now, even as all this is happening, guess who else is getting laid off? It's unbelievable to me. Hackers are reportedly getting laid off by these organized crime groups because we're getting better at fighting ransomware attacks and we're not paying up as easily as we did, say, over the last two years. But could you just imagine the job interview? So what'd you do at your last job? Well, I planted malware on schools, police departments, the DOJ, and I demanded that they pay up or we would just destroy all their data. You know, pretty much run-of-the-mill stuff, but I went to hacker rehab. And I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Anonymous Anonymous. Get it? (laughs) Hacker rehab? (gasps) All right. On that happy note, welcome, boys and girls and ladies and gentlemen, to this. It's America's largest show about all things digital, your most trusted source. It's called The Kim Commando Show because I just happen to be America's beloved digital goddess here with you once again. And you're about ready to get more tech smarts because every single thing is now a tech thing. And if you're a new listener, so glad that you found us. And if you're a regular listener, welcome back. And you can find my award-winning show on over 425 top stations across the United States and streaming in your favorite radio app. Just search for My Last Name Commando with a K, of course. And you can also get us as a podcast, as a webcast, 24-7, three months worth of archives. And we also have our interactive chat room and message boards, all kinds of great stuff. And you can sign up right now over at GetKim.com. It's a 30-day free trial, so you can try it out. Once again, that's GetKim.com. And a special thank you goes out to all of our listeners on the American Forces Network radio that serves more than 375,000 American servicemen and women in 175 countries and 200 ships at sea. Get the Kim Commando Show. And I'm sure you have at least a few questions about something digital I can lend a hand to. And our T-Mobile Unlimited listener line is now open at one 825 5254 is the way to join us. And if you're just too dang shy to come on a big-time radio show and podcast, I get that. You can email me your questions. Yes, the old school way. Head over to commando.com, and in the upper right-hand corner, there's a link that says Email Kim. All right, every single day I visit at least 30 different websites, and I study these sites to make sure that you and I are both up to date on all things digital. And this is part of the show where I like to talk about tech news. And we're going to start with something from... I told you so moment. Yes. The U.S. Department of Energy released a report concluding that COVID-19 most probably escaped from a Chinese military bioweapons lab in Wuhan. You probably heard about that. Well, maybe what you didn't know is that China began threatening, ready for it, Elon Musk. Here's what went down. A Chinese state-run newspaper issued a warning to Elon Musk after he shared the COVID-19 Chinese lab leak story, the same report that's been covered by the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, uh, and every other legitimate news agency. The Chinese communist newspaper publicly asked Musk if he is 
biting the hand that feeds him. Why? Tesla operates a huge factory in Shanghai, and China is what? Tesla's second largest market. And so apparently China's a little sensitive about this whole Wuhan lab story. Hmm. Uh, speaking of China, let's move on to TikTok at number two. TikTok, of course, is owned by that company in Beijing that's controlled by, yes, communist China. And even though TikTok is this immensely popular app for videos, of course, it's China spying on us just like they did with that balloon. So TikTok has been banned from all government and military smartphones, and it should be banned altogether. But for now, they're disguising themselves as this benevolent, wonderful company who cares about all the American small children. TikTok announced that it's going to limit our kids under 18 to just 60 minutes a day. Isn't that nice, right? Uh, don't be fooled. Kids can always figure out a way around this. But I was also thinking, I wonder if this policy is an attempt to deal with another problem. I'm talking about child predators because where your kids spend most of their time online, the creepos will too. Uh, number three on our list of five things, the tax man is coming. Imagine selling a couple of shirts on eBay and they hit you up and they say, well, that's nice. We, you know, we need your social security number. It's not just eBay. It's PayPal and Ticketmaster because anything sold over 600 bucks. But the IRS says, oh, we don't need you to do that this year. We actually need you to do it next year. It's called the 1099K. And it would have changed things for online sellers. If you sold anything over 600 bucks, you'd have to pay a capital gains tax. So as I mentioned, IRS says we're not ready for it this year. So it's 2024. And what about people who are transferring cash through PayPal or Zelle or Venmo? Uh, yes, they those transactions do account for income too. So a new simplified tax form contains only four lines. This is according to unofficial sources. I want you to listen, just four lines. One, what was your income for the year? Two, what were your expenses? Three, how much do you have left? And number four, send it in. Okay, You know where that's from? Reader's Digest 80 years ago. 80 years ago, that was written up as a, as a good tax plan. And still, oh, it still works today. All right, number four on our list is, this is really, really important stuff. And I want you to pay attention. Uh, wearables and cardiac devices, they don't go together like, say, chocolate and flowers on Valentine's Day. Now, if you have a pacemaker or a defibrillator, or you know somebody who does, this is a really shocking thing. Fitness trackers like your Apple Watch, your Fitbit, or a smart scale could interfere with those implants. Now, here's the thing. The devices use a special bit of sensing technology called bioimpedance, which shoots out these tiny electrical currents into the body to measure things like your weight, your body fat percentage, hydration levels, smart scales, Fitbits, Apple Watches, and so on. They rely on this to track your body measurements. But here's the deal. Researchers for the journal Heart Rhythm discovered that these small currents can confuse these implanted devices and cause them to malfunction. So if you have a defib, which can shock the heart, as you know, into a regular rhythm, these smart gadgets could trick the implanted devices into unnecessarily shocking patients. Wow. It's the exact opposite of what it's supposed to do. So bioimpedance isn't a feature in all smart trackers or all monitors, but it is in most of them. So if you or someone you know has a pacemaker or defib, do not use these sorts of devices and contact uh, your cardiologist and ask him if he knows anything about this as it compares to the brand that you may actually have implanted in your chest. And finally, this coming in at number five, phone thieves are using new tricks to steal from you. What? Yes, a new report out from the Wall Street Journal says criminals are exploiting an Apple feature 
that's designed for your safety, but it's letting you reset your capital account in seconds. Here's what's going on. Say you're at the bar, you're having a little fun, and you're like, hey, you know, you're kind of cute, and how about uh, I send you a text with my phone number so we can keep in touch? Well, you open up your phone and you tap in that passcode. A stranger sees that passcode. They steal your phone when you're not looking, and then bam, they get in your phone, they lock you out of all your accounts in an instant, and then they steal your money. But with Apple, you can recover your account, right? Not if the thief has turned on what's called recovery key. That's a random generally code that you can use to reset your password and account. And if it's already enabled, Apple policies say that you cannot get into your account. So what's the safest bet with your passcode? It's the one that's still a little murky. I mean, you want to set up Face ID, but keep in mind criminals can still use that when you're sleeping. I know there's always something. Mm. You know, it's hard to explain why theft is wrong to a burglar because... They tend to take things literally. Mm, that's right. All right, coming up, uh, I have a very special guest who's going to be talking about how our mental health data is for sale. Yeah, get that. Uh, we're going to talk about social media sites and all the data they're collecting about you. I'm going to get really into specifics and also how you can stop your streaming device from tracking you. And of course, we have all of your phone calls and you have me, Kim Commando. Hey, our T-Mobile Unlimited listener line is now open at one 825 is the way to join us. And if you haven't already, I want to make sure that you are getting our free newsletters. Over 400,000 folks depend on them every single day to get tech smarts. And so what you do is you want to sign up for our breaking news alerts, our daily news, and our tips. And you can do that over at commando.com slash subscribe. They are 100% free, and you can unsubscribe at any time. Once again, that's commando.com slash subscribe. Hey, real quick, I've been getting a lot of questions about these disappearing text messages. How do they really work? Now, for our iPhone users, unless uh, you and your text recipient both have iOS 16, you can't really take back a text. Now, you can unsend a message to someone who's running an older version of the iOS, but they're still going to see your text. And in fact, uh, they're going to get a notification to that. Now, if you both have iOS 16, you have to act very quickly. You can only send a text back and get it back within two minutes of sending it. So there you have it. If you use mental health apps or just health apps in general, I have something that you definitely need to know about. Your mental health data is up for sale by anybody who wants to sell. It seems like anybody who wants to buy it. Now, we all know that mental health information, it's private, it's sensitive. But as it turns out, it's not really. A recent study from Duke University found that data brokers are selling private mental health data for as little as get this, six cents. That's right, your privacy for six cents. It's so disturbing. Identified people by issues, including depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder. Now, to shed more light on this issue, we have a special guest here on the Kim Commando Show, Justin Sherman. He's the co-founder of Duke University's Ethical Tech Initiative. Boy, those are some words there, Justin. Ethical Tech Initiative. What does that mean? Yeah, so uh, I run uh, a program at Duke. Um, we work on a bunch of data privacy issues. Chief among them, as you mentioned, is this topic of data brokers. So looking at these companies that most of us have never heard of, but that uh, make millions or billions of dollars a year selling Americans' data on the open market. So how many different da data brokers are there out there? I'm just curious. There are probably thousands in the U.S. alone. Um, so it's a pretty big ecosystem. It's also an international issue. Uh, it is a problem in India. It's a problem in Europe. 
Uh, and so there are plenty of firms from small companies that sell location data to multi-billion dollar, even publicly traded companies uh, like the credit reporting agencies or others like Oracle or Epsilon that, that consumers may be more familiar with. You know, I, I once spoke with a gentleman who was really big in the advertising industry and about data tracking. And I asked him a question. I said, you know, how many different points, data points, do you think are available for sale on the average American? Because I and I said, no, I, I once saw it was like 20,000 different data points. And I thought, yeah, I don't know if I have 20,000 different data points. I mean, I wear a size 9 shoe. I wear a size 4 jean. I mean, you know, what more is there? You know, and, and, I, and I like to eat egg whites or whatever it may be. Um, and he said, well, you know, it's interesting because that number is infinite. And I said, infinite? He said, yeah, every single day you're giving up more of your data. Um, do, you, do you have a sense of what that number is on data points? That's a really great question. And I, I make the same joke, right, when we talk to, to policymakers about this, right? I mean, if you sat in a room and said, name five fun facts about yourself, okay. Maybe we panic like we all do when we hear that, but you can think of that. If you said, come up with a hundred or a thousand, that's a pretty tall order. Uh, and some of these companies, I think the number you gave is accurate, have tens of thousands of data points on individual people covering health, lifestyle, travel, finances, uh, political activity is a huge area for buying data. Are you a gun rights supporter? Are you uh, pro-environment? How do you feel about immigration? Uh, and so, so much of this is out there um, for sale. But like you said, because so much of our lives are online, there's so much data that these companies can can scrape from all kinds of places. What, what is the most expensive data point on a person? What's the highest value data point? It's a tricky question. Location data is pretty valuable. Uh, and if you think about it, that's for two reasons. One is if you can literally follow someone around, you can potentially run all kinds of ads to them. You know, the quintessential example being when you pass the Starbucks or the Dunkin' Donuts, you get the $5 coupon that shows up in your browser. Um, but if you have location data, the second thing you can do is you can derive other information about someone's life. Are they going to sporting events? Which shopping malls are they going to? When do they wake up? Is their phone next to one person's phone on a nightstand six days of the week and next to someone else's on the seventh, right? There's a lot of, you know, I mean, this is a real example that's in an article out there, right? There's a lot of sensitive stuff um, potentially that can be derived from that. So location data tends to be more expensive, but as you noted at the outset, sometimes it's 10, 20, 30 cents a record uh, for even something like health data. And so it's a lot cheaper than you might think to buy this stuff. So what gave you the idea to try to buy the mental health data? We've had this program for about two years looking at these data brokers. Um, there was a ton of attention to them about a decade ago, and that kind of fizzled away with Facebook and Twitter and all the big tech companies taking over the headlines. And so um, as part of this project, Joanne Kim, who was a student on our team, said, I want to look at the market for mental health data. And so um, that was just kind of our idea was let's contact these companies. Let's see what they're selling. And rather than just trying to you know, see what they say on their website, let's actually start going through a process to say, what data would you be willing to sell? How much is it? What kind of stuff is in there? Uh, and really get that full picture. So where is the data brokers, where, these companies, where, where are they getting their data? I mean, from health apps or from, in, from doctor's offices or from where? 
So not from doctor's offices, uh, I hope that would be uh, illegal. Um, yeah, be a whole HIPAA violation, you know. Exactly, yeah. But I think that's exactly the key point is, uh, you know, HIPAA, as, as many listeners will know, is often referred to as the U.S.'s health privacy law. Uh, and in some sense it is, but it really was about portability of electronic health records. This law was passed in 1996. There have been some updates since, but it was a long time ago. And so all the right. things we've been talking about, mobile apps, telehealth services, a lot of that didn't exist then. And so if you go to your doctor with a headache or a sprained ankle, yes, they can't go tweet it. They can't go you know, write up a paper on you and sell it on the corner of the street. But there are a lot of apps, a lot of websites, a lot of social media companies that are not covered under that law. And so we're completely free legally to sell and share uh, health conditions, even with your name attached to it. You know, I have to tell you, this is something that I never really ever thought of. Our mental health data being for sale just about anywhere with these data brokers. So you want to stay right where you are because Justin's going to come back and he's going to tell us how difficult or how easy it is for anybody to purchase this type of data. So stay right where you are with us on the Kim Commando Today podcast. All right, coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to talk about social media sites. Well, we all know that they collect a lot of information about us, but I'm going to tell you exactly what they are collecting. And then later on, how you can stop your streaming device from tracking you. Yes, doing that. And also some big news, the big day. That's right, the best day to book online to get the cheapest flights. Hey, let's get back with Justin Sherman. He's the co-founder of Duke University's Ethical Tech Initiative. And if you're just joining us, a Duke University report found 11 data brokers agreed to sell information that identified people by issues, including depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder. And it also sorted them by demographic information, sometimes even getting the person's first and last name and their mailing address. So, Justin, how easy was it to get all this really, really personal health data? It was pretty easy. Um, you know, some companies, some data brokers who sell this kind of data will do vetting on their customers. So if you go to them and say, I want a list of people in North Carolina with depression, they might say, well, what are you doing with it? Or who are you? Or why do you want it? Right. There are many others, as Joanne found in her paper, uh, that do not do that, that will jump right to let's close this deal. Let's get the money, give you the data. Um, because at the end of the day, the people within these companies actually selling the data are salespeople and they have quotas to hit or they get commissions off the sale. Uh, and so a lot of the time, all you need really is an email address and a credit card. And that's enough to get lists of people's medical conditions off the open market. So how much did this all cost you? Uh, so as mentioned in the, the paper, it's really a wide range. Uh, you might get more aggregated data. So it might be mm -hmm. how many people in a zip code have depression, for example, still harmful, still concerning, but they're not actually handing over names and addresses. They're just saying maybe a zip code and a number, a zip code and a number. That's cheaper, a couple hundred dollars maybe for thousands of, of information covering thousands of people. Um, but it's still only a couple hundred or couple thousand dollars to get those lists of identified um, names. And so, of course, uh, you know, we do have uh, grant money. It's, it's limits on um, what you can buy as a research institution. But it speaks to the fact that companies, health insurance firms, predatory, uh, you know, actors can spend much more to get much more data. So if somebody has a mental health issue and they're 
they're using these apps and maybe even putting it into their you know, their health app, whatever they have, or their fitness app. Or, um, what advice do you have? This is a tricky question uh, because most people don't know this is happening. Uh, you know, many of the health and mental health apps you might use, whether that's a period tracking app or something to deal with depression or anxiety, will bury in those giant terms of service that nobody reads. Uh, you know, I nobody reads them. I nobody don't even reads. read most of those because you don't have the time to read that. And so buried in there often, as we know, are things like we might sell or share this with third parties. So that's how a lot of these companies get away with saying, oh, we notified the consumer, we got consent. Um, and so from that standpoint, there isn't too much you can do individually to stop this from happening other than trying to limit those apps uh, that you use and stick to your doctor, stick to you know, uh, facilities that are covered under health privacy law. Um, but I would just say from our experience, and I'm based in D.C., talking to members of Congress about this, this is a bipartisan issue. Um, you know, people uh, in Congress, as mentioned, almost 30 years ago, agreed, Democrat and Republican, Americans need their health privacy protected. It's sensitive. It's about you. It's your choice. It's right. your body. It's your, you know, life, your family, your children. And so um, we have, by, I think, bipartisan interest in this issue to say this is not acceptable that you can go buy lists of people with cancer or, or suffered strokes um, on the Internet. So. That's the second thing I would say is to the extent people want to, you know, write their members of Congress or sort of ask what can be done, um, that regulation is really what's going to help here. You know what? Thank you, Justin, for bringing this to my attention and then now bringing it to all of my listeners' attention because I think this is a really, really important issue. And, you know, we're, we're so easy to give up our privacy so, because maybe we get a product for free. And it's like, and as I tell everybody, if, you know, if it's free, then you are the product. And it actually goes a lot deeper than this. And you may not realize all the ramifications of what you're putting into your phone in some app and then where it's going. And then suddenly in the mail, you're wondering why you're getting certain type of letters. And you're like, hmm, maybe they really are listening. No, they're not listening. They're selling your data. Justin, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So you might be wondering, how is this tracking happening? Well, you let it. You install an app, and in the legalese, it says that the app developer has the right to share or transfer data, that's the terms that they use, collected from users with third-party entities. Well, who are these third-party entities? Well, they're the advertisers, the marketers, and also the data brokers. Now, let me tell you, my USA Today column this week is all about how to turn off all this location tracking on your phones and your devices. You can read it right now at my site, commando.com, and next week it'll be over at usatoday.com in the tech section. All right, we all know that social media sites collect a lot of information about us, but what exactly do they collect? And is there a way that we could give them a score? Well, luckily somebody else did the work for us. A company called Internet 2.0, they published a study showing which social media companies collect the most data. And then a company used Malcor, an automated analysis tool, to scan files and programs to detect malware and also to come up with a risk store. So these numbers are not on a scale of 1 to 100, but the higher the score is, the worse the app is in terms of privacy. So let's look at the apps going from the highest risk score to the lowest. Okay. Can you guess what is the, the app that collects the most data, the most nefarious app out there right now? Let me give you a hint. It starts with the letter T, TikTok. Yeah, that's right. It is the worst social media offender. And remember, it's owned by communist China. 
nine trackers, Facebook sharing, that they have your Facebook analytics, your login. And then there are dangerous permission requests, uh, location tracking, what you're reading, what you're writing, access to your network, access to your camera, your face print, uh, your voice print, your contacts. Next on the list is Instagram. Uh, Instagram had trackers in the Facebook ecosystem, of course, because they're owned together. But they also had several dangerous permission requests, location, audio recording, your phone number, and the ability to put data on an SD card if you have one in your phone. Then came Twitter. High amount of dangerous permissions, too. Location, camera, contacts. This was also interesting. Uh, it also has the ability to prevent your phone from going to sleep. Wow. Uh, Snapchat is next on the list. And they have access to your location, camera, phone, lock, contacts, and again, that SD card. And then finally, there's LinkedIn, access to your calendar, your contacts, your network status, and also another permission that even can prevent your phone from going to sleep. So if you're using any of these apps, which I know everybody just said, I am using TikTok, I know I shouldn't, or Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or Snap, over on the website, we have the exact steps that you need to take to turn off this tracking. And so you can still keep the app, but we want to turn off the tracking. And so whether you're on iOS or Android, head over to commando.com. And then there's a link at the top that says uh, Kim Show. And once you click there, you'll find a direct link to everything that I just talked about with these social media sites. I'll tell you, they are collecting a lot of information because you have permission manager, you've got calendar storage. And fortunately, you have to go through each one and make the necessary changes. But over on the website, we also have, like I said, all these full guides for changing all your uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And if TikTok is on your phone, um, you know, just get rid of it already. Or my recommendation is if you just cannot stop using TikTok is that you get a device, an old device, and you give it its own cell phone plan. Don't let it get on your wireless network. And the only thing that you do on that phone, the only thing that you do is you watch all those videos on TikTok. All right, coming right back, we have the best day to book online to get the cheapest flights. Of course, we have more of your phone calls and also your streaming device. You may not think about it, but it's tracking you too. I know this stuff never stops. So stay right where you are here with the Kim Commando Show. All right, so you're all getting ready to take that next vacation. Now, you may have heard that it's cheaper to book your flights online on a Tuesday, but that's not the case anymore. According to Expedia's 2023 Air Travel Hacks Report, you missed it by two days. That's right, the best day to book is now Sunday. Now, knowing this day is the only tool you can use to get a great deal, you want to take a peek at a search site called Skyscanner. It has a price tracking feature, scopes out flight prices over time, and it will send you alerts when the prices ever change. Now, of course, Google Flights does the same thing. You can search for flights, set up price alerts, specific routes, travel dates. I find that uh, Google Flights is actually a little bit better than Skyscanner, but I know that some people, you know, will say vice versa. Now, if you want a little help from some artificial intelligence, get the Hopper app. It's an app that offers price predictions for flights, hotels, car rentals, and they say that they're using all these AI algorithms. But gosh, isn't it so nice to be able to travel again? Yes, I love this. All right, back to the phones. We go right now with John in Arlington Heights. Uh, well, we were thought of you when it came to an issue for the family, uh, kind of America's Audible help desk or whatever. Uh, my <laughs> son has recently purchased a high-powered computer. He uh, he told us the component list was uh, designed for, uh, like, rendering uh, video or whatever, or uh, graphics. Okay. And uh, 
I don't know how much he's been using it for that, but he also maybe could use a little extra cash. And I was thinking if it is that high-powered of a machine, uh, maybe there are, I've heard of things like distributed computing and uh, ways that you can rent out the processor and just hoping you might have some leads on that and uh, maybe some uh, ways to make sure we're dealing with legitimate uh, enterprises yeah. uh, that would be doing That's, that. That's, you know, that, that, was the, that, that was the first thing that came to mind with me, John. I'm like, oh, you know, so many people got taken by when people were trying to do cryptocurrency mining right. and then they never got anything from it. Um, how much should just – I don't need to know the components. Uh, how much should he spend on the box? Uh, he didn't buy it. He built it uh, from components, and I'd say our total component list was about three thousand. Okay. All right. So that's a that's a pretty substantial machine. That. All right. Let's talk about a few of them. Uh, one is called Bow Inc. It's Berkeley Open Infrastructure for Network Computing. It's B O I N C. Uh, it's free, and what you do is you download the software, and then you choose which projects that you want to contribute to and let your machine use. Uh -huh. uh, sometimes they're studying climate change. Sometimes they're trying to find cures for diseases. Uh, there's also something called Golem, and that's G-O-L-E-M. I think this one might be more up your speed um, because it's – really made for when they're looking to render a lot of computer graphics or do a lot of machine learning. Uh, and then you can download the Golem software. And again, they, they, you pick and choose to see which one, which project that you want to participate in. And finally, there's one called NiceHash. Uh, and that's really for cryptocurrency miners, uh, which I don't know how they're doing right now because of the whole crypto crash. So mm -hmm. I'm probably saying probably not so much. Uh, but, you know, you're smart and you need to be safe uh, because basically you're allowing third-party access to your computer. So you want to make sure that you've got, uh, you know, all the security software, firewalls, all that other good stuff running. And then also keep track of your energy usage because it may be running – that may make this machine run at full capacity and then you're looking at higher electric bills obviously. Uh -huh. uh, but then also the, it's going to impact the computer's performance. And then, of course, you're going to have wear and tear. So how much can you make a day? It depends on the actual project that you do. Uh, maybe it's $10 a day. It could be as low as a dollar a day. Uh -huh. So, it is, so it, it's, it's nothing that you're going to say, I'm just going to sit at home and let my machine do my work. Right. Okay? <laughs> it's not enough to become financially independent. No, yeah, right. Um, but it is something that maybe if he's looking, if he's still using the machine and doesn't need it on certain days, maybe he can make like, you know, enough money to go to Starbucks that day, uh, right. which might help a little bit. Uh, so I'm going to put you on hold, John, and thank you for your call. Really interesting question. I don't know if we've ever actually gotten that here on the show. Uh, but we're going to send you the names that I mentioned. And for everybody else, uh, there's it's the Berkeley Open Infrastructure for Network Computing, or B-O-I-N-C. There's Golem, G-O-L-E-M, and then NiceHash, which... Now, if making money isn't important to you, there are some other ways that you can use your computer processing power and help out too. A project called Folding at Home is run by Stanford University. And it focuses on understand protein folding, related disease. You just download the folding at home software and donate your computer's unused processing power to help stimulate, help simulate the protein folding. 
There's also Rosetta at Home. It's run by the University of Washington. It focuses focuses also on protein structure and design and docking. And then finally, the World Community Grid. It's run by IBM. And it focuses on research projects, including cancer, AIDS, and clean energy. You just download the World Community Grid software. And like the other ones, you donate your computer's unused processing power to help tackle all these really, really big projects. Okay, do you ever wonder how the advertisements you see when you're watching a streaming show know exactly the sneakers that you wear, the food that you give your pet, or maybe the political party that you support? The answer is, yeah, you're being tracked. The Amazon Fire TV Stick, Roku, Apple TV, they're great options when you cut the cable. And they're cheap, but the trade-off is that the streaming companies track what you watch, how long, what you look up, and then they sell all that data to who knows who. So here's what you do. You nose you're around in your device's privacy setting. And you're going to look for something that says app usage data, limit ad tracking, or simply tracking data. All these names in these companies, they may use other things like interactive advertising. And so... Whatever streaming stick that you're using, make sure that you get in there and you start nosing around and look to see if there's some privacy settings that you can turn off so this way you can limit the tracking. And do me a huge favor, tell three family members and friends about the Kim Commando Show because after all, knowledge is power. This program is a copyrighted production of Westar Multimedia Entertainment and protected by the copyright laws. Any rebroadcast or use of this program for commercial, business, economic, or financial purposes without the written permission of Westar Multimedia Entertainment is strictly prohibited. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com listen. Shopify.com listen.